What came first, the waifu or the space marine? Were our expectations about relationships always on the same level as picking which porn video we're going to click on? Literally, millions of kids played through games where you, the invincible protagonist, are rewarded with virtual smoochies for pressing the correct button combination. As I look back, there were always five women that topped my all-time best list. My top five video game ex-girlfriends! Yeah, it's a little clickbaity, but what you gonna do? Final Fantasy VII, Aeris. My first video game crush was Tifa. And what's not to like? Hot, scantily clad, melee fighter who bartends and is way into you. I definitely wanted to nibble her heim. <laughs> you can even describe to her how you pervertedly snuck into her house in a flashback and stole her panties before playing the high wind theme on the piano nostalgically, and she's still into you. But that's not the way it turns out. You get separated from Tifa early on and wind up with... Aeris. Aeris, Aerith, whatever. She's the flower girl of the slums who needs you. Repeat, needs you, yet will never get with you. She's the opposite of Tifa. Uh, conservatively dressed, all about defense and healing, needs you, and that needing felt alright. Would I ever see Tifa again? Who knows? Here's this other girl who gives your life meaning, and you go with it. Sometimes that happens. Your best girl is nowhere to be seen, and here comes the rebound who just might sleep with you. Spoiler, it's not going to happen, and you know it. But you delude yourself into thinking it might. Suddenly, this new chick thinks you're hard into a relationship, and you're all, I guess, and wham! Tifa shows back up. Who's the new girl? Shit. I gotta find a way out of this mess. Luckily... The greatest party member slash wingman from your past shows up to fix everything. Dun dun dun, Sephiroth! You feign mental illness and give Sephiroth a call. He's got it covered. Just act a little crazy until she's dead. Wait, did you say dead? Yup. Alright, you say, glancing at Tifa's gigantic breasts. And did you just realize that you are a breast man? Yup. Anyway, Eris is one of those girlfriends who has all these hopes and dreams with you in there, and you were too much of a nutsack to break it off with her. Hell, you even level-grinded for hours on disc 1 to give her that great gospel limit break she wanted so much, even though it was way overpowered for anything you'll ever encounter, and she's dead. Praise Ramua, she's dead. What's that? Wait, what's that? Tifa has a case of elephant memory and is bringing up shit you said ten years ago? Shit, uh, gotta go. I think uh, Vincent and Barrett and me are gonna go save the world. Yeah, sorry, you should stick to breaking out of gas chambers and having slap fights with that evil chick on a giant cannon. Can we please turn that into an MMA brawl in the remake? Final Fantasy X, Yuna. What can I say? She's a daddy issues, vulnerable virgin on a quest to eliminate sin from the world, or some religious metaphor bullshit like that, and I'm just a character from some long petrified, yet still alive, people's dreams, so why not? I think it was apparent from the start, to me anyway, that her full-on dedication to her religion was gonna be a problem. 
She pretended not to notice, although maybe and she thought in her heart of hearts she would convert me? Anyway, I wound up being what the old ladies in Yu Yevin Church would call a bad influence on her. Fast forward a few months and I've made her question her entire religion. We've killed off her pope and the highest ranking cardinals and even the founder of the religion, which is probably a no-no, and she is literally at the breaking point. She, she doesn't know what to believe anymore, which... Shit, honey, we've all been there. But she hasn't been there, and things are stressful and confusing, which says to me, you're gonna date at least one woman after we break up. Finally, we're killing off all her summons, which were literally a symbol of her religious observance, and she still hasn't figured out that it was probably all my idea. I just kept her around to heal. She wasn't even the second hottest member of the team. I mean, I've seen nameless blitzball players covered head-to-toe in scuba gear that were sexier. Anyway, I thoughtlessly performed my limit break in front of her. Haven't done that yet. And there's a part in there where the female that you spend the most amount of time with shows up to set up your blitzball spike, and, uh, it was Lulu. What can I say? I'm a breast man? She was devastated. Maybe it was killing off that fox butterfly wuzzle thing that she loved to fly in all the goddamn time, but she was beyond upset. So I didn't even bother to break up with her. I just faded out of existence after saying some shit like, It's not you, it's me, being a dream of some eternally tortured people locked in stone. Sorry they couldn't dream up a perfect boyfriend for you. Or some blame the victim shit like that. Then I faded out of existence and... High five my fucking dad! Fuck yeah, hit it and quit it, son, just like I taught ya! Persona 3, Yukari Takaba. Yukari wasn't a bitch all the time. It's just that the shadows made her stressed out. And her family made her stressed out. And relationships made her stressed out. I, I think that living made her stressed out. Anyway, it got awkward because she introduced me to this really cool group of friends, and I really, really wanted to get with the leader of the team, that hot maroon-haired heiress to some tech company fortune. Everyone meshed really well, and we all clicked, except for the person who introduced me to the group, my sad sack of a girlfriend, Yukari. She was a downer, and it takes one to know one. I've been a downer, a lot. But I always recognize the signs of an oncoming depression and usually have enough support around me to help me get out of a funk. Yukari has friends, family, a boyfriend, and still she was depressed. It felt like maybe she was mentally imbalanced. The problem was I liked her friends and I was waiting for her to say, let's do it. And I was going to say, let's do it in Tartarus just to get a rise out of her. But maybe she's secretly into it. But anyway, it dragged out forever. By the time December came around and everyone was depressed and I knew why. It wasn't the death god who said his Christmas present was killing us all and there was nothing we could do to stop it. It was Yukari and me. Our toxic energy had permeated the group, just like Jupe's mid-morning masturbation smell. Yeah, Jupe, we all knew. Take a shower, dude. She broke up with me. Just kidding. She asked me to be there for her, and I said, no, even though I knew we had to work together the next day to save the world. No problem. I can ignore her, I hate you to death with my eyes face. 
It was because I knew I was going to die. Yep, sorry fangirls, but I am not long for this world. You hold on to death inside your heart too long, and you're bound to keel over. It's too bad Igus didn't have a love attachment. Mm, what a way to go. Persona 4, Yukiko Amagi. Then there's Yukiko. I could tell she was the grounded, strong, silent type when I met her. Her lesbian best friend What's-Her-Name was always in our shit, though. Whenever I came up, ready with a smooth line to make this girl blush, there was What's-Her-Face always trying to put me down, or saying, Let's get out of here, Yukiko, or Let's go back to my room, Yukiko, or Let's go hit up the creepy police rookie for clues about the multi-dimensional blah 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 blah, Yukiko. Always the same shit. Anyway, thank goodness Yukiko was the first to go crazy out of our circle of friends because it's always stuff like that that helps you get straight. Go nuts in front of your friends, you figure out who your real friends are real quick. I was there for Yukiko during that whole wacky episode with the TV show and being a princess and taking over the bathhouse and blah blah blah. We were going pretty steady, what with the monster killing and all. Uh, what I liked about her was... No matter how many twists and turns there were to the murders or how hard the enemies became, we were a killer team. She took orders and consistently showed up on time. I guess I try to emulate that all the time, so I appreciate it when someone else does that too. Things were getting pretty hot and heavy. She came over to my room after an awesome date. She even told me she loved me. Then, that was pretty much it. After dating her for months... All the shit I helped her through, all the bosses we slew together, it was like I didn't exist. Sure, she still showed up like a champ for fights, but the magic was gone. We stopped communicating like a couple and went back to our separate routines before the dating began. I was really, you know, sad. The worst part was, I couldn't even talk to her, no matter how I tried. I was messed up. We saved the world or some shit, I don't care. Mass Effect 2. Everybody. Space! The final frontier! These are the voyages of Captain Space Pimp and his crew of misfits, who you can also bang if you press X for sex. First to join the crew was a genetically modified sex toy with an Aussie accent and party-buffing magic. Second to sign up was the Shaved Head Psychopath with a taste for killing and edgy monologues. Third was a slightly Muslim alien who was good with computers. And then there's that blue jellyfish whose tits get bigger every game. Trouble began in the third act when all the space hotties of the starship Normandy decided that it was baby o'clock, and that Captain Space Pimp would have to choose one of their birth canals to impregnate instead of the bathtub drain. The Aussie-ass monster cleared the engine room because she likes to bang in the presence of a dangerous plutonium engine core, while the edgy prison psycho sat in the dark, ready to jump on any penis that passed by, mimicking the attack patterns of an ambushing spider. But it was the vaguely Muslim alien who secured the captain's sex organ into her strange nethers. 
Perhaps it was her innocent charm or lack of antibodies that drove the captain into her otherworldly bosoms. Or maybe it was the awkward way that she seemed to be needed saving all the time, like some futuristic damsel in distress with a bag over her head and a Russian accent for days. Either way, she definitely got an STD from their one night of cross-species tongue-wagging. Next episode, the captain dumps one female and hooks up with another, only to dump them and hook up with another, until the entire starship Normandy carries his seed. Huzzah! Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, We are the Jumpman Podcast. (laughs) This is a bonus solo episode. Usually it's me and my brother Eric uh, spitting weekly mp3s at you uh, over at jumpmanpodcast.com you can also check us out at facebook uh, facebook.com slash jumpmanpodcast uh, we're on retroware tv and elder geek.com please check us out subscribe comment on our facebook page if you like uh and we're also streaming live from our ps4 over at twitch.tv slash jumpmania i don't expect you to memorize all those so uh, we have some handy links everywhere um, and thanks again, and if you like this kind of solo thing, uh, let me know. Otherwise, uh, we're back to our regu- regularly scheduled format uh, every Tuesday. Thanks, and see you later.